Hey, welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius Podcast, where winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football league. Happy Thursday to everybody out there. Hopefully you guys had a great week. Hope you're looking forward to the upcoming weekend. That's right, it's that time of the week again. Another slate of football. Hopefully you're building on wins. If you're coming off of a loss, let's get that loss turned into a W this week and find those matchups in Week 10 as we continue to roll along in the season. Before we know it, Thanksgiving will be here. The season is moving fast, just like it does every year. And we continue to hopefully build on those W's and get you and everybody else in those fantasy playoffs to take a chance at winning your league's Super Bowl in fantasy football. Today on the podcast, we'll do a shout out to our commenter on Instagram. We'll do a little overreaction corner, a little bit of who to target in trades for fantasy football playoffs. We'll do a little little listener reaction on Instagram. We'll talk about injuries from this past week. A little game called This Guy or That Guy, best matchups for your season-long leagues. And we'll close it out with <clears throat> game to target in DFS, the main slate, along with how I'm going to handle and attack tonight's single-game slate over on DraftKings and FanDuel, where a small price can get you a mega payday. If you have not followed us over on Twitter, please give us a follow at FansportsGenius. And over on Instagram, FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And as always, give us a look on www.FantasyFootballGenius.com where we have all your season-long and DFS needs. Winning isn't everything. It's the genius thing. That's what we say there over on The Genius. Today we're doing a solo podcast, so you're just going to be having the genius talk to you, which hopefully you don't mind my voice, continue to talk about it. Hopefully we get you the meat and potatoes of what's happening this week. So let's go on ahead and jump right into what's happening in week 10 and try to get those W's rolling in your leagues. First off, we'd like to do a little shout out to a comment commenter on Instagram, Great underscore fried underscore potatoes. Thank you for the feedback. Thank, thank you for your support. And good luck the rest of the year in your league or leagues. <clears throat> Excuse me. As the trading deadline approaches us and we continue to look to the playoffs, obviously, hopefully your playoffs are weeks 14 through 16, and you don't do that week 17 uh, Super Bowl thing. A lot of things can happen that final week. So hopefully you have a week 14 through 16 playoffs. And if that's the case, we have a handful of games left before those playoffs begin. So with the trade deadline approaching in most leagues, what kind of players are we looking at targeting to try to trade for in your season-long leagues? few names I'm looking at are for the Panthers, Cam Newton, and Christian McCaffrey. Their playoff schedule is very juicy as they have a game at Cleveland, a home matchup against the New Orleans Saints, and if you make it to the Super Bowl, Week 16 is against the Atlanta Falcons in a game that should be a shootout on both sides. I think Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey are gold in the bank if you can get them in your rosters if you don't already have them on your team. <clears throat> I'm also looking at Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. Um, They have a nice schedule moving up as well. 
outside of the Chicago game in the middle of that playoff schedule, they also have the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets, two teams that I think the Green Bay Packers can obviously take advantage of. And we know those Bears games usually are not your typical um, defensive struggle, especially with the, with the way both teams are playing now. I think Green Bay and Chicago can actually have put up a few points there as long as the weather holds out. We never know what the weather's going to be like in December for Chicago. But if it's nice weather, even if it's not nice, I mean, you still have it's still Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think Adams is a great option to try to trade for if you need the wide receiver help. Speaking of wide receivers that are excellent talent, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Juju Smith-Schuster or Antonio Brown? Pittsburgh ends the season for their playoffs at Oakland against the Patriots and at New Orleans. Three great matches for that passing offense. Three games that two of those three games, you know they're going to have to pass the game. And the Raider game, they're going to be able to do what they want to do in that game. And I'm guessing pass the ball is one of those main options. I'm also taking a look at Ezekiel Elliott. Outside of the Philadelphia Eagles, they play at Indianapolis and against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you can get past that first round of the playoffs, a matchup with the Colts and the Bucks is a great setup for Ezekiel Elliott to hopefully help you win your fantasy football Super Bowl. I'm also taking a look at Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their playoff schedule is the New Orleans Saints at Baltimore and at Dallas. Again, I think it's outside of the Baltimore game, but then again, last week we saw Baltimore get used last couple weeks against the pass. I think Evans has a nice shot of helping you, helping your team if you need wide receiver help trying to go after him in a trade this upcoming next couple weeks. This week we saw the Saints sign Des Bryant to a deal. What does that do, and what are my thoughts for fantasy football and for long-term football in general? I think reality football is a great thing. I think he's a perfect fit for the Saints in that offense. You bring a player like Des Bryant, I think they got the jump ball player now. They got the red zone target in that offense. As for fantasy football, I don't think Des Bryant's going to have a big impact on that team for fantasy-wise. Um, and people are wondering, is, is it going to affect Michael Thomas? Is it going to affect Alvin Kamara? I say no. There might be a very slight, slight, slight decrease in their production, but not very much at all, if any at all. And you still have Mark Ingram, and you still have the other players there in, in that offense. What I think it does do on that team for fantasy-wise is it takes away from the Traquan Smiths or the Benjamin Watsons. I think those are the names that are obviously going to take a hit with Des Bryant. But if you have a Thomas or you have an Alvin Kamara, or even if you have Mark Ingram, I don't think it does much from what they've already done in the past. We've seen Ingram have those big games and have those dud games as well. I think that's what we're going to get out of Ingram because of the way the Saints run their offense there in New Orleans. And Thomas and Kamara are studs. I don't think anything affects them. And I don't think Des Bryant's going to come in. Sure, they might take away a red zone target. Um, here and there, but Des Bryant was brought in there for mainly for the reality, not for fantasy-wise, so I think the reality is great for the New Orleans Saints. I think it's a nice pickup for the Saints for reality, but for season-long leagues, I don't think you have to worry, especially if you own Thomas Ingram. Um, it's going to help, obviously, Drew Brees, if you can even help someone of his magnitude already. I mean, he's already one of the elite talents in the league, but Des Bryant does help him as, a little bit as well. But but again, in closing, I think it's more of a reality great signing, and it doesn't have much of a fantasy impact moving forward on the Saints offense. So, Le'Veon Bell has sent out an Instagram or Twitter saying he's leaving leaving Miami does that mean he's going to Pittsburgh to sign? Does that mean he's going to finally walk in the door and play for the T- Pittsburgh Steelers? Hold up, not so fast. Um, I don't know if he's going to be signing anytime soon. He has till Tuesday. So we sent out a little Instagram comment about what 
you guys would think about that kind of information. What do you want Mr. Bell to show up? If you own Bell, if you own Connor, what does that do for you? Few of the people that that came out and said, and said what the, what they thought of the deal. King Wasabi seven hundred two says he owns both and wanted to know what to do moving forward with both players. Personally, as hard as it is to say, I have no issue if you need the roster space and dropping Le'Veon Bell. Yes, it's a very scary thing to put a player like that on the waiver wire for someone else in your league to pick up. But honestly, what has he done for your team this year? He's given you a big goose egg every single week. You're where you are now because not because of him, not 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 because he's playing on the field, not because he's not playing on the field. You're where you are because of your team you have currently. And if you're not counting on Le'Veon Bell now, which you're not, what does it do to you sitting on your bench and if you need to roster space? I have no issue getting rid of um, Bell moving forward. If you can find some sucker in your league to trade for him, that is a great play to do. I just don't see that happening. I made a joke about if you can get a Mixon or if you can get Christian McCaffrey, something like that, definitely do it. That's a joke. No one's going to trade you that kind of thing, that kind of player for Bell, who's done absolutely nothing this year. And there's no guarantee that he's going to be playing this year as well. He has till Tuesday. And even if, he, even if he does sign, how much does Pittsburgh want to give the ball away from Connor and give it to somebody else? Connor's having a tremendous year. He's doing great for that offense. I think they're going to want to – personally, I think Pittsburgh is hoping that he doesn't sign. Then they don't have to worry about it. But if he does sign, they come in here. I think the best-case scenario you're looking for a Bell is a 50-50 split, which is going to impact both Connor and Bell in their fantasy productions. Trent.Tiny wants Bell to come back so he can put a hole in the production of Connor. Now, that is a very good possibility that if you don't own Bell and you don't own Connor, you want Bell to come back just because it takes away another player. Because like I said, the best, best case scenario, we're probably looking at a 50-50 timeshare there, and it's going to take away two or maybe just one of the main players in fantasy football. Connor's playing that way. Bell's been that way in the past. You put them both back there, it takes away a star player in this league because they're doing a 50-50. I think that's the way a lot of people are thinking about um, Bell right now. If you don't own either, you're hoping Bell comes back just so it kind of puts the damper into what the way connor has been playing this year. There's been plenty of trade talks like we talked about um, Le'Veon Bell. What would you do? What what should I do with Le'Veon Bell? Can you trade him? Can you not trade him? Aiden underscore Thompson 1224 asked that question. What he what, what should he do as a Bell owner? Like I said, if you can find someone in your league to trade for Le'Veon Bell, which I don't see how many teams are going to do that, you can definitely try to do that. I mean, if you can get anything for him, I think it's worth it. Last week, week before that, I said you want to still get try to get uh, market value for Le'Veon Bell. I think market value now is out the window. I don't think you can do that anymore. So if you can get anything for him that, that you're going to be able to use as a starter in fantasy football, I think it's well worth it to give you a little little idea of what I did in one of my leagues I have Le'Veon Bell and I traded him for Valdez Scantling that's the kind of player I think you're going to be trying to get is because you're not going to get a star you're not going to get a stud player so the best other case you have is to try to get someone that maybe can be a week-to-week starter for you in the right matchup if you have a tough matchup for the week now that the bye weeks are over you don't really need those bye week replacements so you're looking at a player that can give you production at all in your offense, and I like the player like Valdez Scantling, especially with Allison being put on the IR. I like what Valdez Scantling does, and especially since Bell's been sitting on my bench giving me zeros, at least with Valdez Scantling, I have a shot at getting something for him. Mikey K32 said he had both Connor and Bell in his league. While he was able to trade Bell in a package for Connor, I think that is fantastic. If you're able to do that, great. Um, 
likely you probably did that a few weeks back and you made the great deal. To, and it really doesn't matter who the package was for. I mean, you got Connor who probably helped you get a couple wins. I think that was a great trade by Mikey. Conklin four said he has both, and so he doesn't really care what he doesn't really care what happens in that offense. I think that's the wrong way of thinking. I think you do care what's going to happen because if Bell comes back, like I said, you're looking at probably a 50-50, 60-40 split, and who knows what's going to happen. So you're going to start Bell, but let's say Connor's the one who gets the production. Okay, the next week you start Connor, and then Bell gets the production. I think you do not want Bell to come back if you own both because it takes away from your star player that you're already having in the week week to week now. Now you have a flex at best play because both players are going to take away from each other's production. So I think you do care. You just don't know that you care right now deadhead shane said that he would like to see bell continue to sit out because connor is a better man better player better running back the numbers do not lie that is true i don't know about him as a man i don't know either player personally so i can't comment on that but player and, and running back the numbers don't lie um james connor is a better player right now through um through the through the eight games, if you look at last year and compared to this year through eight games, last year Bell had 760 rushing yards, 35 receptions for 219 yards, and five touchdowns. Connor this year has a little less rushing yards and 706 yards, but he has 38 receptions, 379 yards, and 10 total touchdowns through the same eight games last year that Bell had at this time. That's double the touchdowns. That's more production out of the passing game and right around the same production out of rushing. So number-wise, Connor is doing better, if not much better, than what Bell did last year. And even if Bell does come back, we saw him struggle last year when he missed training camp. So if he does come back, what kind of impact is he going to have right away anyways? He's going to struggle likely for the first couple games, and who knows what's going to happen after that. And with the playoffs happening, I do not want to have that have to make a decision. Do I start Bell or not just because he's missed so much time this year? M-R-S-R-E-D-G-A-E-N, Miss Regin, I guess it is, says, Bye, Le'Veon Bell. Connor is a beast. Florida X Scum said he thinks Bell should just report he sat out long enough. I disagree. I think he should continue to sit out as a owner of Connor in one league. I think it's just one of those things where I, hey, continue to sit out. Do do what you you started from the beginning. You are making a point, making a statement. Continue with that statement. And selfishly, as a fantasy football owner, I don't want to see you on the field because it affects what I have currently. As for injuries this past weekend, we saw not as many big names go down, which was kind of nice to see as we didn't see the big name players like we have in the past. Finally had a week where we saw a limited number of players go down with injury. Yes, we did have plenty of big name players inactive before the game. Some of those names being C.J. Beathard, obviously Le'Veon Bell with the holdout, Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman, Chris Thompson, Stefan Diggs, Kiki Cootie. Rob Gronkowski, just a few to name before the game, were not active in their in their particular games. Only injuries that were uh, of note that happened during Week Nine were Charles Clay and Chris Ivy of Buffalo and Chris Carson of Seattle. Has some questions about if I think Chris Carson is going to play this week. I think he's highly unlikely to play. I think he's very questionable. He still is yet to practice, and so Friday is going to be a big day on if he's able to get on the practice field or not. I'm going to take it as he's not going to play this week, and I don't know if I really want to play Seattle running back anyways against the Rams in ter- interior of that defensive line. 
And it's that time of the get, time of the week again for the this player or that player. Would I rather start this player or that player? A little bit of best matchups in our season long leagues. We have Jordan Howard versus Tyree Cohen. Tariq Cohen, I'm sorry, versus the Detroit Lions. I think the option this week is Jordan Howard. I think the Lions are going to struggle at Chicago. And if Chicago can get the lead, I think Howard is going to be a much better play. Cohen's more of a player when you're needing him in the passing game. But if they can jump out to a lead, I think Joe Ho is finally going to get um, get the ball rolling. And I think the colder he gets in Chicago, and when that snow starts to fall, the winter starts to hit, Howard is the better player moving forward and over Cohen in that offense in December, late November, and I think it starts this week against Detroit Lions. As for the Cleveland Browns, what about Nick Chubb versus Duke Johnson against the Atlanta Falcons? I think both players are nice pickups, nice nice plays. I think Chubb is a much better standard league play, and I think Duke Johnson is a very good play in PPR leagues, but I would start both in both leagues if I had the option and, and, and feel comfortable starting either option. What about Deion Lewis return to New England against the Patriots? What about Deion against James White? I think the pick here is James White. We know the Patriots defense usually can take away the best player on the opposing offenses, and that player is either going to be Deion Lewis or Corey Davis. We know the Patriots know what Lewis can bring, being that he's been a Patriot in the past. So I think Belichick is going to make a point to try to take out Deion Lewis out of the lineup. So give me James White in both standard and PPR leagues. Battle of two superstar running backs. In season long, um, you likely don't have this option, but in DFS, if you're going to take a choice between Todd Gurley against the Seattle Seahawks or Kareem Hunt against the Arizona Cardinals, give me Kareem Hunt. I have Hunt as my number one running back of the week, very slightly over Todd Gurley. I think Hunt is in for a monster game against the Arizona Cardinals, and he continues that run that he has had. If you were one of the unlucky few that thought about trading him and did trade him early in the season, you're probably kicking yourself as Hunt continues to roll, and I think it continues this week as he finishes the week as the number one running back in fantasy football. Battle of quarterbacks. What about Andrew Luck against the Jacksonville Jags or Carson Wentz in primetime against the Dallas Cowboys? Give me Carson Wentz in the division game. Yes, the Jacksonville Jags have been um, not a very good defense this year, and Luck has thrown the ball all over the field, but I like the matchup for Wentz against the Cowboys over Luck against Jags, but I think both both players are great plays in your season-long leagues. With the news of A.J. Green not playing this week, what about Tyler Boyd as number one option against the Saints or Tyreek Hill against the Arizona Cardinals? Going back to my hunt take, I think the ground game is going to be the number one option there. And you may not have to worry about Mahomes as much because they're going to get a lead and get it quick. Give me Tyler Boyd in that matchup especially because they're playing the Saints in a game that could be a high-scoring shootout. And I think Kansas City is going to handle Arizona very easily and get up very quickly, which is going to limit what Hill can do on the, in the passing game. But then again, this is the Kansas City Chiefs. They are a machine. They're rolling along. Mahomes is probably going to score five, six touchdowns like he has in the past. Hill's probably going to get a couple of those. But give me Boyd against the New Orleans Saints. How about Joe Mixon against the Saints or Ezekiel Elliott against the Philadelphia Eagles? Give me Joe Mixon. Going back to the same thing with the uh, A.J. Green news, I think they're going to rely on Mixon a lot more in that offense this week. I think Mixon's going to be very involved in both the ground game and the passing game. And the Cowboys 
just don't seem to give the ball to Elliott as enough as they had. Last, last week in the Monday night game, they gave him the ball plenty in the first half. In the second half, they just kind of quit giving him the ball. Were they trying to force feed newly acquired Amari Cooper? That might have been an option. That might have been a reason why. But I like Mixon in the shootout against the Saints over Elliott, who could struggle against that tough run defense in Philadelphia. That'll do it for the uh, season-long version of this podcast. Now we'll take a look at some of the some of the games over on DraftKings and FanDuel in the main slate. Uh, some of the some of the games that I'm targeting on both DraftKings and FanDuel for that main slate. Talking about that New Orleans Saints and the um, Cincinnati Bengals game, I think that game could be a high-scoring game. I think you can look at a bunch of different options and that offenses, but I also think that they're going to be very popular plays by many players playing DFS this week. So a game that I'm kind of looking at for possibly a sneaky shootout is I'm looking at the Washington Redskins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks side, I think, is very good. I think you're gonna uh, Mike Evans is going to have a nice game. We're still going to see um, can we rely on the quarterback in Tampa Bay. We've seen quarterbacks get uh, sat after a couple mistakes. I think Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, whatever you want to call him, I think he is one of the better plays in cash games. I'm also looking at the Chargers and the Raiders game as a possible shootout for the Chargers side. Um, we know that Phillip Rivers loves to play the Oakland Raiders, and whenever he does, he usually puts up big numbers. I think Rivers is a player that Michael overlooked in, C- in DFS this week, and he could have a monster game against the Raiders on the road. And I'm also looking at the Green Bay Packers running game. I think this might be the week that we finally see that breakout for Aaron Jones. They should be able to handle the Dolphins fairly easy. Hopefully maybe taken away from having to have Aaron Rodgers do anything, uh, a lot of passing, give him a little break. And I think this might be an Aaron Jones game. Look for him possibly to score twice against the Dolphins. And if you play over on DraftKings and FanDuel, we know that they have these single-game slates where $10 on DraftKings gets you a chance to win a quarter-million-dollar top prize. That's a lot of money for the price of a lunch, and FanDuel has theirs as a $9 entry fee, $200,000 up top. Both sites, major paydays up, up top. Likely going to have to split it with many people, but if you can find that rare combination of players, you have a shot of winning some life-changing money for a very minimal entry fee. But how do we get that monster lineup? How do we get that contrarian team to have a shot at the, uh, the top prize, a six-figure payday? One way on, on DraftKings that I'm looking at doing is fading the ground game on both the uh, – Carolina Panthers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think James Conner and Christian McCaffrey are going to be very popular. Probably going to put both of them in, in the in the captain spot quite a bit by many people. I think they're probably going to be the top two players in that captain spot. What I'm looking at doing is if you want to have a team that's not going to be really over the edge crazy, maybe putting a Juju Smith-Schuster in the captain spot. That allows you to pay up for a few other players than, than you would be able to if you put Conner or McCaffrey in that spot. That allows you to get maybe both quarterbacks who are going to have an impact in the game and maybe throw in one of the kickers. That's one way I'm looking. If you want to try to get all the studs in this game, taking a player like DJ Moore, um, Greg Olson, Vance McDonald, Curtis Samuel, if you want to – 
if you want to add on to what happened last week, I think he might be a little more popular than what than I'm liking just because of the game he had last week. Or because the way the Panthers have struggled against tight ends, maybe you look at Jesse James, the second tight end there in the offense, put him in your captain spot, and all of a sudden you get all the stars in Carolina or Pittsburgh. You get all the stars in the game, but you're taking a chance on James as the captain spot. But again, if you're going to win the top prize and you want to, and you don't want to split it with anybody, you have to be very contrarian. I don't see very many people playing Vance McDonald or James Jones, uh, Jesse James in that captain spot. And there'll be more players if they're going to play McDonald in that cap spot than they were James. So maybe put James in there and hope he catches a couple touchdowns tonight. Over on FanDuel, what I'm looking at doing is maybe going contrarian by not playing James Conner, but playing Christian McCaffrey. So have a little different build there on FanDuel. And with your MVPs, and since there is no uh, salary change between an MVP or a flex, I think I'm going to lock Cam Newton into my flex spot, into my MVP spot. I think he's at, he's going to have the best game of all the players out there, and maybe maybe you do different because you're able to put him in there instead of James Conner, who will be very popular. Christian McCaffrey will be popular. Antonio Brown will be popular. Go with Cam Newton and taking a flyer on someone like James Washington or like I talked about Jesse James or Vance McDonald. Maybe put one of them in the MVP, and all of a sudden you have a really different uh, look of your of your team and all of a sudden you're instead of splitting it with hundreds of people you may be splitting with only five or ten that's what i'm looking at over on fanduel and DraftKings. and if i can't win the top prize hopefully one of you guys out there can and if you can please give us a follow over on instagram it is fantasy football underscore genius underscore over on twitter we are fa- at fan sports genius that is at fan sports genius on twitter And for all your season-long and DFS needs, check us out on FantasyFootballGenius.com where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Good luck this week in your matchups. Good luck in season-long, in DFS, and in life in general. Hopefully, we'll see you back here next week with wins and money in our bank account. Have a good day. Bye-bye.